Coming up this week on Breaking Badness. Today we discuss, get your hot croissant at the buffet line, U.S. government releases information on North Korean malware, next up, phishing attack tanks Puerto Rico's economy, and finally, our 10th round of Two Truths and a Lie. With that, Breaking Badness is next. Welcome to Breaking Badness, episode number 38, recorded on February 18th, 2020. I'm your co-host, Kelsey, pun of your business, LaBelle, with me, co-host Chad, OK Bloomberg Anderson, and last but not least, Tarek, malware and coffee lover, Salah. Did anybody else just hear him sip his coffee? That was like perfect comedic timing there. (sighs) Delicious. Delicious. Mmm, coffee. (laughs) we're recording in the morning which is atypical for us thank you president's day chad just looks mischievous so tark and i are just looking to him to pull the team here i was just waiting it felt like a chad moment yeah like the amount of time build i was expecting a really great sassy joke from you i'm gonna be honest oh yeah and then just off the cliff nothing (laughs) sorry that's where they get you yeah it's okay dude it's early (laughs) Well, you should get your hot croissant at the buffet line. (laughs) What an excellent segue. So the U.S. government releases information on North Korean malware, specifically the Federal Bureau of Investigation, which I don't know why I felt I had to read that acronym, in case you don't know what the FBI is. Um, And so the FBI and Cybersecurity Infrastructure Security Agency, or CISA, I had to read that one, released new info on North Korean malware with six new updated malware analysis reports, or MARs. This is full of ACYs or acronyms, um, and these MARs are related to malicious cyber activity from North Korea, and they are named, a few of them are Hot Croissant and Buffet Line, all caps too, which I find interesting. It's like an angry person at a, what is a good buffet restaurant? I can't even think of it. The a, only one I could think of is Old Country Buffet, but ooh, I would not call that good. That feels on brand though. I mean, mm-hmm. it's hard to find good buffets. Does anybody remember Sweet Tomatoes? Yes. Is that a Washington mm. one? The it's salad place. The salad place. Yeah. It's oh, where you wow. get your antibodies and your greens. I feel like I'm reading into this with hot croissant and buffet line that this is probably actually a French actor doing a like a North Korean false flag operation. <laughs> um, the hot croissant. <laughs> buffet. <laughs> if my friend Warren Hugo uh, is listening, I'm sorry. <laughs> He's from France. <laughs> we apologize for that Bonjour. accent. Salut. Yeah, we know there's no APTs in France. <laughs> Anywho, let's get to the hot croissant and the buffet line. So, Tarek, before we go any further, we've perhaps already gone too far. Uh, What are these malware analysis reports or MARs? And what is the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency? Yeah, you know, um, so these MARs or malware analysis reports are really like to the point condensed and um, really effective, uh, good technical writing um, kind of what they say, malware analysis reports. It's like a, uh, it's a write-up on the capabilities of um, each type of malware. They're usually published by U.S. CERT, um, and they're really like effective and to the point. There's a lot of good um, threat intel out there, but um, I'm kind of more of a fan of these Mars, where they're direct and to the point, and um, they're not really building a huge storyline narrative. They get right into the meat and potatoes, um, and then. 
we have the uh, uh, CISA and FBI. Um, and what this really is, this is another government partnership um, for threat intel sharing and collaboration. So this is the government trying to be kind of more effective where you have you know, the FBI and other organizations like the DHS. Um, they're all generally fighting the same fight on, on the, in terms of uh, – um, you know, cyber analysis kind of stuff. Um, so why not, you know, join forces and collaborate and share resources? And that's what we have here as a good output. I would love, Tarek, for you to come up with an acronym for Venus around red teaming. And then we can write a book called Malware is from Mars and Amplants are from Venus. I love that so much. <laughs> that is such a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that book. Anyway, so... That was a great in-depth review. I hadn't actually seen anything on the the CISA before, so that was interesting for my personal edification. So the the U.S. government made it fairly clear that their intention was to help reduce exposure to hidden Cobra. And I'm curious how this group relates to the malware included in these Mars. Yeah, so what we have here is hidden Cobra is another word or a, a, a code name for the North Korean government and their cyber activity. Um, and so these Mars have write-ups on dozens of um, malware samples that were caught in the wild uh, that are uh, with high confidence associated with the North Korean government. Um, and so that's what we have here. We have a lot of like code reuse, um, a lot of technique reuse, and um, there are even some similar IOCs that have been uh, detected inside of these samples too, um, such as email addresses. So we do see a lot of reuse between some of these samples, not too much, but definitely on the technique side of the house too. And it sounds like there was a plethora of Mars release on Valentine's Day. And what else says love like a malware analysis report, first of all? But these are all very silly names, which we've covered a little bit. But of the seven that were mentioned, can you highlight some of the more interesting takeaways there? Yeah, absolutely. So I think one of the biggest takeaways from me after kind of diving into these Mars around hidden uh, Cobra, I personally didn't know, and I don't think many of the uh, public sector or, or of us, us in the public that don't aren't exposed to these types of malware uh, samples from these types of uh, state actors, a lot of us didn't really know how what those capabilities are of North Korea when it comes from to like a malware dev point of view. You know, we had Sam Sam that was associated with North Korea, but that's a ransomware, and ransomware is generally not too hard to code up and um, not really too sophisticated. Um, but you know. I was completely surprised um, diving into these. Their malware dev techniques and methods are a lot more advanced than I think what we publicly previously knew. Um, and I think one specific feature that was really um, surprising to me from Hidden Cobra, um, they're putting a heavy emphasis on proxying their traffic, so routing their malware uh, command and control uh, traffic through several proxies using different techniques and stuff. Um, one of those was um, proxying traffic with uh, generated fake TLS certs. Um, or um, TLS handshake sessions, not certs, um, using valid public SSL certificates, um, which really allows them to disguise their C2 operations if you're doing like PCAP analysis or traffic analysis on, on their C2 on your network. So pretty slick stuff. Um, I think it's a lot more advanced than what we all publicly thought before. Yeah, this is no Canadian tuxedo. This is a fairly sophisticated um, set of malware and a pretty sophisticated group, it sounds like. Yep. So what are some of the mitigation recommendations for these types of techniques? You know, when you deal with any type of like hot, sexy, sophisticated malware, the two best real <laughs> options you've got are <laughs> no. <laughs> hot, sexy, sophisticated I can't unsee yeah. the face that Chad just made. 
Uh, oh, I I hope that's like a folder the uh, where the good malware goes. Yeah, hot, sexy, hot or not malware. I use the word sexy to describe so uh, much insecurity. I like <laughs> it. No, seriously, like. Do you spell it S E C Y? No, I don't. I don't. It's very traditional, sexy. <laughs> traditional. Is, sexy. Read these Mars guys. This is some sexy shit. <laughs> You guys are weird. This is sexy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sorry. Continue, Derek. Uh, so whenever you come across cool malware, <laughs> you always want to make sure that you have like a behavioral-based antivirus because signature-based stuff is not going to pick up this um, this type of, you know, sophisticated malware that are, uh, you know, uh, using different techniques to evade like um, you know, a lot of like uh, inspection from software. Um, really, uh, so behavioral based, usually like a machine learning one um, backed is generally the best. Um, Windows Defender with cloud protection enabled is something I would be curious if um, they would be able to detect these types of uh, variants. I think they would now, um, but before things were public, I'm not too sure. Uh, and also, uh, once again, golden rule, never let your users run with privileged access. So don't let them run as admin or root. Is this a good time to ask for root access? Granted. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> and I know that you are, of course, a malware connoisseur, Tarek, and I'm assuming you downloaded probably the samples on Virus Total. So I'm excited to see if you have a chance to dig into those at one point. Yeah. What you come up with. Yeah, I uh, I spent some of my president's day uh, like a weirdo, actually downloading every single one of these samples from Virus Total. Um, so it's going to take some time, but I want to dig through some of them. And uh, there's some other really interesting non uh, uh, non related types of capabilities. Like for, and I think we're going to talk about that next. Uh, that I want to dig into first. What a segue, Tarek. I like it. You know where a we're going? Sexy segue. A sexy. A sexy way. Now you can't put those two words together. It doesn't work. But I tried. All right. So what, according to the Cyber National Mission Force, I'm just going to pause and say that again, the Cyber National Mission Force, that is the most serious thing I've ever heard in my lifetime. Okay. What are these key motivations for campaigns using this malware? And what are the consequences if they are successful? Yeah. So when it comes to nation state actors, um, there's a lot of similarities there. So um you know, analyzing or taking a high-level look at all the payloads there, they're all catered towards North Korean operations that are really common, like stealing secrets and exfiltrating data in uh, over secure channels. Um, pretty, pretty common stuff. But some of the really interesting things too is North Korea is also associated with um, kind of like an any means necessary approach to acquiring money. Um, I know I've read that they've been associated with part of like like. Uh, uh, carteling drugs and um, you know things like that, but in this case, there's a couple samples in, uh, associated with Hidden Cobra that show that they uh, have protocols in them for hijacking and stealing ATM account transaction info, so they could uh, you know steal money that way. So pretty interesting stuff there. Sound like nice people. Yeah, lovely. <laughs> <laughs> lovely. All right. Well, let's hop into the hoodie ratings and Chad. I'm going to start with you. On that scale of zero to ten, with anything creative in between, how concerned do you feel a typical defender should feel about this? Um, you know, I I would say seven out of ten. I guess I'm usually on the higher end for malware, just because it's interesting. 
Um, and when it gets more, uh, when it gets more uh, elaborate, you know, as we've seen, as capabilities get better, I think everyone uh, across the world, all these groups are getting more sophisticated. Um, there's a lot of the techniques since there are, is publishing. You know, they're probably reading these Mars and going, "Oh gosh, we need to add that into ours." Um, <laughs> open a pull request. Um, but uh, so yeah, seven out of ten, sure. I just looked up, by the way. Uh, I would like it to be known that there are no cobras in North Korea. So maybe that's why it's hidden. There's the there is the unique to North Korea, the Korean beauty snake, which is only available in North Korea. Just fun facts. That is a fun fact. Yeah. We should let the president know. <laughs> Shady. <laughs> they need to fix the names on these reports. This is inaccurate. <laughs> All right, Tark, what do you think? You know, um, North Korea, I always bump them up a little bit higher than like other nation states because with other nation states, you could be like, well, you know, for the average defender and the average network, you generally the risk of you being affected is pretty low. Um, you know, nation states do compromise like benign networks and uses for footholds, but generally speaking, it's pretty low. However, hidden Cobra slash North Korea, uh, you know, they developed SamSam, which is a ransomware sample that took out like. I believe it was a huge, uh, what was it, like an airport in Atlanta or part of an airport or um, infrastructure in Atlanta. I do know that. Um, and so what we have is we have a nation state government that is associated with attacking, I guess you could say, everyday citizens or non-military, non-U.S. Uh, targets. Uh, so with that, I would say probably like a, an 8 out of 10. An 8 out of 10. And also, like, once again, uh, Hidden Cobra, now that I'm thinking about it. We do have evidence of them uh, hijacking ATM accounts, so that would involve us Joe Schmoes. Us Joe Schmoes, indeed. As you take a sip from your Joe, cup of Joe. (laughs) Excellent. I'm feeling just through that sip, I feel more energized just hearing you drink (laughs) coffee. It's really working wonders for me. All right, so let's jump into this phishing attack that tanked Puerto Rico's economy. A little phishing pun for you. So this scam has swindled a Puerto Rico government agency out of more than $2.6 million, according to reports. Um, This is very interesting because it's an email-based phishing scam that hit Puerto Rico's Industrial Development Company, which is a government-owned corporation armed at driving economic development to the island, along with local and foreign investors. Chad, let's start with the email itself. How did this happen? So this was just a, you know, your regular everyday phishing email. Um, it's the kind of thing that targets, you know, uh, executives and companies all the time. And, and then this one, they just um, mentioned that they wanted to change in the bank account details for some remittance payments. And uh, whoever, um, you know, someone fell for it. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah. Whoops. Got him. Got him. Are there any technical details available at this time? Uh, not really. It's, you know, it's you can't really, I would say, even call phishing scams technical <laughs> <laughs> uh, other than the, you know, the uh, the delivery. But, uh, yeah, typically these ones are pretty pretty simple and um, they're, people are getting spammed with them all the time and they just fell for this one. So it wasn't like they dropped some fun malware did some credential stealing or anything like that it sounds like it was a pretty simple run-of-the-mill potentially some social engineering attack maybe that level very unsexy as Tarek would say (laughs) uncool unsexy so puerto rico has had a rough go 
They have narrowly survived a few disasters in recent years. So how much does $2.6 million mean in the context of their current financial situation? So I had to go and look this up. According to U.S. Census, Puerto Rico receives about $21 billion in financial aid from the U.S. every year. Uh, their economy is about $70 billion in debt, and then their government budget each year is around $26 billion. So that's what they posted for 2019. Um, that said, I feel like, you know, $2.6 million isn't, it, it's a lot of money, but it isn't a massive amount of money considering, um, that U S companies lost over a billion dollars to these same scams last year. Um, and, and over the past decade that the FBI has been doing their, uh, report on this, it's almost $10 billion in losses across all the United States. Um, what I, I do feel like this story got a little pumped. Um, but that's maybe just because there's a new governor in place there and um, they're targeting corruption and things. I think it was one of those stories that, that someone wanted to show like some incompetence with a government organization. And uh, that's why it was spread all over the newswire. Because as we'll talk about later, this is very common, um, even just last year with many municipalities that lost more money than that. Right. And it sounds like the FBI highlighted the danger of phishing in its recent IC3 annual cybercrime report. So... A thrilling read. A thrilling read. Um, Fishing is rampant. Who knew? So what are some examples of other government institutions impacted or victimized by similar attacks? So the big one last year was a a Texas school district in Austin. Um, They lost $2.3 million that way. Uh, the city of Ocala, Florida, lost about a million dollars. It's just a commonplace thing. It happens all the time. Right. And we talked a few weeks ago about how these attacks, oh, this is ransomware specifically, may actually be a smokescreen for some other more nefarious actions happening. Oh, yeah. In this case, I think people just really want some some cash. I, <laughs> I would take $2.3 million. You telling me that money is motivation? People yeah. People do things for money? Yeah. Oh, my I believe it's true. Gosh. This is news. You heard it here first. Yeah. <laughs> people are motivated by money. <laughs> So there are so many strategies that we talk about. Obviously, we know phishing is a problem. We know quite a few ways for mitigating phishing attacks. But what I'd want to hear from you, Chad, is your top three strategies that you'd recommend for people listening in because it's just it's such an over-discussed, overly discussed issue. It's never going away. It just works. So what would you recommend for folks that are listening in? I would definitely just send the money. Um <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, I, you know, uh, these things are, um, you know, they get trickier and trickier. Uh, this isn't the era of the Nigerian prince scams anymore, even though those still happen. I just got an email the other day. I was really excited to see people are still trying that old line. Um, it's like retro now. Yeah. It, maybe that's what it was. It was like more of an art piece. Yeah. <laughs> it was like a throwback. It's a commentary. Yeah. It's a whole new generation of kids that get exposed to it now. That's yeah, true, true. true. We grew up with it, and we're used to it. But the youngins now with TikTok, you never know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, with maybe the- TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, they just really like Prince, and I think there's a Nigerian spinoff of the late and great Prince. You can't see it, but I'm saying rest in peace. <laughs> um. So uh, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I, yeah, I would say uh, you know you need some additional layers of validation and verification in your office. Uh, either two people have to approve, or uh, I would say just entirely cut the email chain out of it for lots of money. No large transfers decided over email. That seems like a good strategy. Um, I'd also say that you should run some regular phishing and t- uh, training and testing in your office. It's not going to stop everything, but with the open source tools like GoFish. Um, 
you know, you it's free. You might as well uh, run some some tests with it, you know, in your own office and, and make it fun, trick people. So they're on their guard a little bit more. Education is never going to fix the problem entirely. You know, like even, even I've fallen for uh, a phishing email before. <gasps> I know it, to be fair, it was very well crafted from my own sister, but you know, Oh, I know which one. Yeah. I also fell for that yeah. same email. That was, that was really, uh, that was, that was very rude. <laughs> Um, this is you just can't even trust your own family anymore. Um, but uh, and but uh, anyways, at least the education will put people on their guard, so they'll think about it more. Like for instance, now I just don't respond to anything from my sister; she's cut out entirely. I think it's important to say that Chad's sister works at our company. I think oh it's important yeah yeah for people to get the joke. <laughs> <laughs> important context. Um. And then uh, lastly, there's there's a lot of tools for analyzing your incoming email for um, scams and for like phishing addresses. Google services are pretty good about that, uh, but there's a lot of other commercial products if you're running your own email, um, quickly ingest it. And hopefully they're ingesting uh, domains from our FishEye tool since uh, they spot we spot phishing domains or phishing likely domains the moment that they come online. Um, we've got to watch, you know, for all those domains with the phrase SharePoint in them and everything else that people just go ahead and put their details into. SharePoint. SharePoint. Just like iCloud. People probably don't use that for phishing. Today. Yeah. iCloud, Amazon, secure-logon with like seven Gs. That's the one I always put my... <laughs> it's a hard G. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> like a, yeah. Lots of proactive. The importance of being proactive rather than reactive when you're seeing infrastructure set up for phishing seems very yeah. critical because people tend... It seems like people move very quickly from standing up that infrastructure to actually operationalizing it. Yeah, it seems to um, come online for a couple hours before it gets blacklisted a lot of the time. So they, they get burned pretty fast if Trying it's... But uh, yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Well, thank you, Chad. And let's let's dive into these hoodie ratings. Um, Tark, I'll start with you. What would you rate um, this issue in Puerto Rico at? So phishing is never really that sophisticated, but 2.6 million is 2.6 million. Um, I'd give this one a solid 6 out of 10. What do you think, Chad? I'd go a little lower, a little 4 out of 10. Just okay. because, you know, at the end of the day, these... These government or the companies are just going to keep getting scammed. You know, there's nothing, uh, there's nothing sophisticated about it or magical. It just kind of happens, same as it ever was, right? There used to be like check scams back in the '70s and other scams before that. People have been swindling money for a long time. Well, on that really positive note, Chad, <laughs> let's lean into two truths and a lie, so we can have a little laughter too deal with the sadness we have from that reality. So we play this every week, just a quick summary. The game is we'll have one Dolos who is trying to trick the other two co-hosts. This week it is Tarek. He's saying three article titles, two of which are real. One is a lie. It is Chad and I's job to sniff them out. If either of us guess correctly, we get a point. And for every time Tarek tricks one of us, he gets a point. Them are the rules. Let's go. All right. So, the first one. Twitter has created software to scan tweets for uh, command and control activity. Second article. There's a new variant of Emotet out there that attacks nearby Wi-Fi networks to spread and infect other hosts. Last one. The U.S. government charges Huawei with stealing secrets from six U.S.-based companies. Hmm. 
I think the last one is true. I think I read something about that. But does Tarek know that I read something about that? I made it a little different. I don't different. know. We had like an extra day off. <laughs> you never know. You never know. Things happen. Mm. There's a new cycle and all that. Who wants to Who wants to go first? Who wants to take first crack? And do you guys need me to go ahead and redo them? Do you want me to restate the, what they are? Oh, no, I got this. You got it? All right, Chad, I'm going to let you go first. You're very confident. I'm very confident, right. which is usually how I fail very <laughs> confidently. Oh, man. <laughs> I think I've been had. Let's see it. You want to let it? Let Twitter, because they just don't give a shit. Okay. Twitter tries, okay? <laughs> they do try. It's very difficult. It's an advertising platform. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah. We never advertise on there. I don't know what you're talking about. We would never. Um, let's see. I'm going to go with the second article is false. All right, let's do a drum roll. So you think, okay, drum roll. Let's hear it, guys. Sad head, huh? Twitter. Twitter did not create software to scan tweets for C2 activity, but they should. Stop hey, pounding your fists like that, Chad. Stop, <laughs> stop with the finger guns. No, stop that. <laughs> no, but Emotet is uh, attacking nearby Wi-Fi networks to spread, and the U.S. did charge Huawei with uh, stealing secrets from six U.S. companies. Right. How about them apples? I wanted to make a joke with that, but I couldn't figure out how to do that. So we'll move on and cut that in post. As well. right. It's early. Cut it. <laughs> Just kill the funny. Um, where do we go from here? Well, I think Chad is kicking everyone's butt in um, this game. Uh, it's true. Beginner's luck, maybe, or just really effing good. I don't know. I think it yeah. must be the latter because I think the beginner's part is now out of the equation. Tell you who stinks, me. I think we both do. We <laughs> yeah. have equal stank in this game. <laughs> <laughs> but we must kill the smug look on Chad's face. Your mustache really accentuates. Oh, thank accentuates you. That's your uh, smugness. Mustentuates. Mustentuates. Uh, mustache you. you a question. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna keep growing it until I uh, until I'm overtaken with points. So all right, Tarek. Then we really have to beat him. Do we get to shave it for you? We'll what? video it. We'll take a video of it for our listeners. If we, if the prize is shaving your mustache, <laughs> no, I would take this so much seriously. energy. Oh man, Justin Bieber just shaved his mustache, Chad. Um, wow. Uh, yeah, I think I think uh, you're gonna see the mustache come back heavy this year. He looked good with it. Too. I um, is that I, in response to the Justin Bieber comment? Well, I I don't think his is going to come back. You know, he's more on the cutting edge of fashion. His mustache was la- very last year for Biebs. Very, very 2019. Yeah, but the, 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 the commonplace mustache is going to have a resurgence in 2020. The Joe Schmo mustache. Yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> well, we'll leave you with that disturbing thought. Um, and I just want to thank you all for, uh, for all of your thoughts this week. Um, we are not going to have a new podcast come out next week as some of us will be at B-Sides San Francisco and the RSA, that small show, so I am going to be interviewing a few folks for a mini-series similar to what we did with Summer Camp back in August. So if you are interested, please do reach out. Um, hit us up on Twitter. Puns and Roses. Piffy is Chad. Tarek, you're T. Salasek, right? You got it. So just feel free to let us know if you'd be interested. Or if you want to pop by, we'll have some stickers and, uh, and all that jazz. So want to thank you all again for a great week. Hope everybody survives conference season 
And um, we'll see you back here in early March for more Breaking Badness. That's about all we have for this week. You can find us on Twitter at Domain Tools. All of the articles and IOCs mentioned today will be included in our blog post, which can be found at DomainTools.com slash resources slash podcasts. Catch us every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific time when we publish our podcast and blog. That's all we have for this week. We'll see you next week on another episode of Breaking Badness. Until then, remember, don't drink and click.